He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you as always. This is the last show that we will do pre-Masters week. It is, we're just about on Masters Eve, boys. We are so so close. Now, we do have a lot of golf to talk about coming up this week. We've got the Augusta National Women's Amateur, which starts today in Augusta, Georgia. And then, of course, Augusta National on Saturday for the finals. Drive, chip, and putt finals are on Sunday. Uh, the Chevron Championship, not the ANA, is taking place out at Mission Hills Country Club in California, the last time they'll play it at that golf course. And we've got the Valero Texas Open this week. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot to get to today. But obviously, we are starting with the biggest news in the game of golf, which is that the GOAT, the Big Cat, was at Augusta National yesterday, reportedly there with Justin Thomas and Charlie Woods. And uh, they walked 18 holes, made it all the way around the track, hopped on the jet, Flew on back home, a little scouting mission for Tiger. Sam, how are we feeling? So we know for a fact that he walked. Uh, yes. He yes. did walk. Yes. T-Dub, how are you feeling, buddy, about our bet? We're one you know, week guys, away. You know, guys, I'll say this. I am so, so happy with, with what I've heard in this last week about Tiger. And who knows what will actually happen. I'm still not going to go on the fence and say that he's going to tee it up. I'm going to have to see it before I can fully believe and soak it in. But, guys, I feel so bad for both of y'all. I mean, if we get this much hype built up and he ends up not playing, the fall from grace for you guys, especially (laughs) my man Sam, is going to be so high, so serious. It's not even funny. That's why you do the happiness hedge. I am looking more and more like I'm going to lose a bet, and I flat out do not care. I don't care. I'll buy 800 pizzas if I have to (laughs) to get Tiger to play in the Masters. So I I would love nothing more to owe you guys this bet, but, I will say this: I just don't want people to 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 get on the you know to get things rolling too fast. You know, let's put it into perspective. You know, he has been walking at Medlis. We've seen the videos. We're not sure how much he's been walking at Medlis, but we know that Joey's down there, so that's a good sign. And he played 18 holes at Augusta, and obviously he was there with JT. So I think that had a lot to do with it. He could have obviously been there and helping Justin around there, who's actually going to be my pick to win the tournament. I just I think that. You know, I think Tiger probably knows today if he's going to end up playing. We won't hear about it for a couple of days. But, you know, he's testing his feet, testing his strength, seeing how far he can get. And I think, obviously, Tiger wants to play. But, I mean, Sam, we don't know if he if he even can play. So, I don't know. It's looking more and more like that's going to happen. But, but, Sam, just, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on just the fact that he's able to walk after 14 months from basically shattering his ankle? My thoughts are... In 2019, when Tiger Woods won the Masters, that was the greatest comeback in the history of sports. Now, him playing in this Masters a year after amputation was a bigger possibility than him playing ever again, much less a year later in the Masters. Just over a year later in the Masters. If he were to win the Masters this week, what do you, what do you even consider that? I mean, that's a miracle. Oh, if, if he wins this week, there, there's, I mean, the 2019 Masters is probably, 
the greatest accomplishment, in my opinion, of all of golf, let alone, you know, getting into the sports conversation. I mean, I, I think that it would undoubtedly make it to be the biggest accomplishment in all of sports. And maybe when you look at it, some of the best accomplishments in really all of life, and whenever you look at it, especially the last decade and even going back. So, I mean, it would be, like you said, Sam, an absolute miracle. But, you know, like I said, let's, let, let's see if he's in the field first before we end up, you know, saying that he ends up winning. So, because it's – No, I'm, I just don't know, say, it's just, I, I'm just saying. I'm just bringing up – the fact that Tiger is going to play in the Masters means that Tiger Woods thinks he can win the Masters. He wouldn't play if he didn't think he could win. I, I do think he's not showing up to miss the cut. I don't think that he would play if he didn't feel like his game would at least have. I don't think he's like expecting to win. I think I do. One, I think it's one of those like you know maybe if I get really hot with the putter, you just never know. But I don't think he's going with like any expectations of missing the cut or just making a leisurely stroll around Augusta National tee up because that's just not how Tiger really operates. No, I, I I completely agree with that. I think that he's going to. He's not, and and that's how a lot of competitors are, right? I mean, I can't. Even even not playing at a high level, you don't want to get into a tournament and lose. I mean, that's that's not the point of it, you know. And you know, it's like like Brooks Koepka made a good point. You know, when he first came out on tour, he was like, you know, when I first came out, I was just trying to make cuts, and well, you know, I was making cuts. Then he tried to go finish top ten. He's finishing around tenth, and then he went out and tried to win, and all of a sudden he started winning majors. So I I think that it is all the mindset. It is one of the reasons that Tiger's gotten to eighty two, and you know, that's something about there too, guys. You know, it's. A lot of people are just looking at the majors he wins. You know, his next win is going to break Sam Snead for the all-time uh, record in PGA Tour wins. And, you know, if you can do that at a major, let alone Augusta, the biggest major, the only other comparison would probably be if he won at uh, St. Andrews for the Open. But I, it would just be, like you said, the biggest accomplishment. But I agree with you guys. I, I just don't think that he's teeing it up to not win. But whenever you, whenever you haven't played a competitive round, Guys, can y'all answer me this? What was the last competitive tournament he played? Was it the Hero in twenty in twenty nineteen well, or twenty twenty? Not not the P. Well, because he went PNC and then PNC the next year. Where did he play right before the PNC? I can't remember. Uh, I mean, he played the twenty twenty Masters, which was in November. I don't know. Let me uh, let me find this timeline here. GolfChannel.com has a timeline looking back at uh, all of his stuff. So played at the Masters, the PNC. Uh, he played Riviera. He played the Genesis, and remember his back flared up. He wasn't doing so great. Um, yeah, he met- no, he no, he didn't. He, he didn't. He didn't play the Genesis when he was on with Jim Nance. No, you're that right. That was the day before. No, he, he didn't. He didn't play that. Time. You're you're right. It because- was the uh, it was the master. Yeah, in January of 2021, he underwent that microdisectomy procedure on his back because he had a pressurized disc fragment. That sounds like an absolute ton of fun. So, yeah, the actual official nice PGA pronunciation tw- there. Yeah, thank you. The uh, the official <laughs> PGA Tour event that he last played, Taylor, was the November 2020 Masters. And you know that's something that you know we talked with about DJ about how that really wasn't the quote unquote Masters that we all are used to, no fans or anything like that. And yeah, I mean even when you look back on like, here's just for example, guys, on 2020, this is when Tiger was quote-unquote healthy or whatever. You know, he wasn't fully down. So before COVID, he finished ninth at the Farmers. But since then, 68, 40, 37, 58, 51st, miscut, 72nd, 38. So, you know, besides the Farmers at the start of last year, really since the, the pandemic, he hasn't finished better than, than 37th in a tournament. So, I mean, it's, it's hard for us to think that he's going to come back off of a 14-month stint of not playing 
let alone with all the injury stuff that he's had to go through. Right, right T-Dub, but is he more healthy? Is his back healthier now than it was back then? Forget- I, I mean, if I, if, I, if I had an x-ray machine for him, I would. Um, because you think about two things, you would think that not being playing competitively and not straying it so much would help it. But you also have the conundrum of, well, you know, he's not using enough weight on his ankle, so then that could put more stress on the back. And also, we all know who is undefeated in life, and that is father time. So he is two years older since from the time that we're talking about, or a year and a half, I guess. So those are a lot of things to look into. So it would be but, – but you also do have medical advances, and he's also probably been able to treat it right. So, I mean, that's just a question I don't know the answer to. And I'll be honest with you, if, if Tiger hasn't played competition in that long, I don't know if he knows that the back's going to be good. I, I think that, you know, that's something to look into, guys. And let me give you all's opinion on this, is that, you know, he's going mainly to test the ankle. But I think in some ways, you know, I think he went out to test the back as well. What are your thoughts on that, uh, I don't think he went to test the ankle or the back. I think he already decided that he was playing and he went to see the golf course. I, I don't. I really don't think it was a physical test because to me, if he wasn't playing, I don't think Joey Lacava. I don't think Joe Lacava's in Florida. I don't think Joe Lacava went down there to hang out and play cards and chit chat and catch up. I think Joe Lacava went down there because Tiger said, "Hey, we're teeing it up at Augusta in a couple of weeks. Let's get down here and get ready." I, I I legitimately believe that yesterday was a normal scouting trip to go see the golf course. And, I mean, obviously, he, he's going to see how his leg feels this morning whenever he wakes up. But there is not a doubt in my mind that he's playing. And I think that decision was made before he got on that plane yesterday. I totally agree. And I think you're crazy if you don't think that Tiger Woods has already put his body through the grueling process of trying to recreate an entire week of a major. Not just, you know, the walking the golf course, but I guarantee you he's played four rounds and, and four days and, and put his body through that. I don't think that he would take the time to fly all the way to Augusta, like you said, Colby, for a scouting trip if he didn't already know he was playing. I, I tend to agree more with Colby. I don't think that he's just going in trying to figure it out a week before if he can play or not. Now, let me let me say this. I, I disagree with you guys entirely because, like, yes, he absolutely wants to play Augusta. There's no doubt about that. But you can't tell me that no matter how he feels this morning that He's going to say, oh, if, if he literally can't walk today, he's not going to play. And you can't, like, you can try your best to recreate what you do in a week at home, but it's not the same. Like, you can't recreate what you do at a major championship. And let's put it in perspective. I guarantee you Tiger's put himself through more and harder workouts than him walking 18 holes yesterday at Augusta. I guarantee you. Yeah, but, but, but Sam, the Masters isn't eight, an 18-hole it's a 72 hole tournament with group with the thing is too you can't recreate the pressure that you're going through because the pressure is mentally exhausting and whenever your body isn't 100 percent healthy that mental strain takes out on the physical strain and put in consideration guys he took his son up there to play with him right so who's to say that you say it's not like he would waste his time to go up there he's going to go play the best golf course in the world with his son so i mean even if he's taking a scouting trip that's the last thing i consider would be a waste of time so Yes, I, I agree that he is definitely wanting to play the Masters, and he probably has it in his head that he's going to. But I, I don't think that he went up there, and if he doesn't feel – if he if he feels like 10% today, if he can just tell that his body's drained, he's not going to end up playing in the Masters. That's, I think that's where we disagree on this. See, I'm not just talking about the 18 holes yesterday. I, the only reason why I brought, brought up the 18 holes yesterday was because you said if he wakes up this morning and his leg doesn't feel right, he's not going to play. I think that he is, like I said, put himself through way more uh, than just playing the 18 holes yesterday. I want to look at this big picture for a second, guys. I'm tired of people 
comparing this Tiger comeback to Ben Hogan's comeback. To me, this is just more, way more monumentally great than Ben Hogan's comeback ever was. Number one, it's because this is Tiger's second monumental comeback. Number two, amputation was a bigger possibility than him ever playing again, and he's playing a year later. Just And to me, him playing in this Masters tops 2019 Tiger winning the Masters. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, no, no, guys, I, I agree with that. I think that, because, you know, also, too, you're dealing with different eras, right? So, I mean, with, with Hogan, you're talking about the medical advances, and then we're getting into which one's harder, right? Getting hit by a bus or, you know, driving. I'm not comparing that. I don't, want it, I don't want anybody to think I'm comparing that. Like, they're both terrible accidents, car accidents. I'm just talking about comebacks and where do they rank in golf, right? Well, because, I mean, the biggest point is that now we're on a second comeback, right? Like, right. like you mentioned, you know, the 2019 Masters is already a big thing. And, you know, let's put it into perspective here. You know, he came back from, from the back injuries and all the, uh, you know, publicity stuff that went along. But I would say that this comeback is by far harder than the one that he did previously. And, you know, I think the difference maybe now is that, you know, is he's a little bit more of a father, a little bit more experienced, has a little bit different outlook on life. So I think those are all things that you add into it. So, yeah, I completely agree. I, I don't think that, Trying to, I don't think if Tiger comes back and he wins again, I don't think you can compare it to anything. I, I don't know. You guys are probably a little bit because I can't think of it off the top of my head. What is something not just in golf but overall sports? What would be a comeback that's even close to you? Can't th- I can't uh, think of one? Yeah, I can't think of one. Somebody who, who's gone through this physically and at his age too. Ben Hogan was thirty six when when the bus accident happened. It took him uh, about sixteen months or so to recover to come back. He did win the U.S. Open. Uh, he was awarded. Pl- player of the year in 1950. What Ben Hogan did was remarkable. It's just comparing different eras is always weird. I mean, we're comparing medicine in 1949 to medicine in in 2022, and then we're also comparing golf in 1950 to golf in 2022. They're just, they're very different things. And I think it's only natural for people to try to draw these parallels because it's conversation, right? And and you see something kind of looks the same and you draw that parallel, but I, I don't know. I just... Ben Hogan, great comeback. What Tiger Woods did in 2019, to me, best best thing I've ever seen in sports. If he were to play next week, that, that'd be right up there with it just because it's it's so unexpected 14 months after his, his right leg was really mangled in that car accident. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, – I think it's – I understand why people would try to make the comparison, right. but I don't totally love it. Right, and the reason why I don't love it is the only thing that compares to it to me is that they were both car accidents this second time. To me, Tiger's first comeback of him going through all the injuries, the scandal, remember, Tiger came back from the scandal and came back and was player of the year after the scandal, and then he had more injuries, and that's when people said that he was never going to play again, and he comes back and he wins the Masters. There Don't were, say it, Colby. There were even some people who said that he would never win another major. <laughs> dude, dude, I don't want to comment on this. There were You're some make people my job who tough. said he would never win another my, major, Sam. <laughs> You're going to make my job hard, harder than it should be. Uh, but the second time, the second time, it, it, it's like him going through all of this again at a at an older age Plus, he was about to, or he just had back surgery, right? And then he gets in a car accident, almost has his leg amputated, and he's playing in the Masters a year and a half, or not even a year and a half later. It's it's unbelievable to me. That's why this tops, because even Tiger fans, after the car accident, said his career is 
over, over. And so just him playing in the Masters tops 2019 is more improbable to me. But if he were to go on and win the Masters, just, 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 you know, think about it for a second. If he were to go on and win the Masters this year, that tops sports, that tops everything. That, that would be the biggest miracle. That's a miracle. Literally, it's, you know, the best rider in Hollywood couldn't ride it if he were to win next week. But it's you look back at the 2019 Masters. He was playing seriously high level golf for about a year leading up to that Masters. I mean, he had the Valspar the year before he won the tour championship. He, He was playing well leading up to the Masters that year. He was playing good golf this time. I mean, he's coming in, and it's a total unknown. It's an unknown for all of us. And I think you put a true serum in Tiger, I think it's a little bit of an unknown and, to Tiger, too, getting under the tournament pressure after right. 14 months. You know, he can be hitting it really well and get out there, and all of a sudden he makes a double and things start going the wrong way. That's also very possible. So, you know, even if he plays, um, obviously I hope he wins. I hope he contends, but maybe he doesn't. I don't that, know. And that's another point that I wanted to make that you just mentioned is – if we go back to Bell Reeve, you know, that was really yeah. when Tiger made his comeback. This is this Masters right now is kind of like Bell Reeve was with Tiger, I feel like. Right? I, I mean a little bit. Yeah, just as he, far as major. He'd already finished runner up at the Valspar, but obviously that's yeah. the Valspar. Right. Now Bell Reeve was still in August, right? Correct. And then and then he went on to right. win the tour championship. And then he, then we went well, through an off season, and then he won the Masters. I think the one we're omitting is the Open Championship where Frankie That's chased him down in the back nine. Right, like, right. What are y'all talking about? He was leading on the back nine you're of right. the British Open. You're right. Lead. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. The only reason why Bell Reef sticks out in my head is because I was there. You're, you were you're there, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. You're exactly right. Well, and also. It's, I think it's easy to flip-flop those dates because the year after is when the PGA when went to May. Them. Yeah. So then it's like, did PGA come first or the Open come first? But yeah, the Open came first yeah. that year. And he, right. and he competed at, uh, where'd they play it at in 2018, Tyler, the Open? Uh, uh, Carnoustie. Okay, Carnoustie, yeah. yeah. And that was a great tournament. Uh, that right jackass up, right up yelled until at the Tiger's end. backswing. Yeah, and then Eduardo's brother ended up hoisting the trophy before he uh, <laughs> went on to... I mean... In, Who would have thought that Tiger has a better chance to win the Masters this year than Eduardo's you-know-what brother? Right, yeah. And by the way... You know, Eduardo's brother kind of <laughs> evened it out because he took a major from Tiger in the summer of 18, but then he gave one back in the spring of right. 19 whenever he just totally imploded oh. on the back. Y'all remember how rock solid Frankie was that Sunday? Who? Frankie. I don't know who that so is. Hard Eduardo's brother. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eduardo's you brother. You remember the up and down from off the back of number seven green Frankie had, Taylor? <laughs> it was exhausting, and then it just all went to hell on the back nine. And number six too. I mean, and and I think there was another hole in there on that front nine too that he did. I mean, six, it was, yeah. I feel like we have a lot of listeners that don't know what we're talking about. I don't know. I think I think most of the people listening to this have watched the final round of the 2019 Masters more than once. No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm saying as far as the oh, 73rd as who we're hole. Talking yeah, about. yeah, and yeah. Eduardo's brother because. Tell the story about okay, it. Okay, so Taylor, how did it start? <laughs> what, did it because start at the Open? Because we have a lot more of listeners now than yeah, I don't even think I was on the show when you guys started doing that. I don't think we'd even started the show, Taylor. Did we start calling him Eduardo's <laughs> brother in 2018? Yeah, yeah, at, at the Open, yeah, because he just kept making birdies and pars and kept pissing us off. So he said, "We're not even going to refer to him as Francesco. It, it's going to be Eduardo's brother for the rest of his life." And that just persisted all the way through because it went through. The 2018 Ryder Cup, because him and, and oh. the Tommy Fleetwood just completely obliterated us, which made it even way worse. Then we get into the 2019 Masters, and it looked like he was a surefire bet to win, Eduardo's brother was. But 
Then we had the glorious 12th hole and the glorious 15th hole, which, <laughs> you know, even if Tiger didn't win that year, I still would probably would watch those shots on, on repeat just because they were so good. And it just felt so good to see the great play just completely fall apart on the back nine at Augusta. So, guys, let me ask y'all this question. I still, really wait, 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 real quick before you do. You mentioned 15. I can't get it out of my head that I just imagine, because we never saw it on TV, just two angels going up and swatting Eduardo's ball into the water. Just slapping I mean, it Eduardo's down into the brother's ball. ball into the water. Eduardo's now I'm calling him ball. Eduardo. Yeah. <laughs> it almost got to the, to the halfway point of the pond on 15. Almost. It was about 40% <laughs> of, of the way Okay, Dino, what were you stuff. saying? A pretty good shot, Frankie. So, so guys, y'all seem to be. Wallowing. I'm still. I'm. I'm really optimistic that he is going to play. But are you guys putting it at 100 percent that he plays this next week? No, I'm not at 100. I'm at 99. I want to leave that one percent chance that uh, that something <laughs> that we don't happens. It. I want to leave that one percent chance in that you know maybe uh, maybe he re-injures himself again in the next week. You never know. <sighs> I would with be Tiger. so devastated. Oh, at this point, I'm devastated <laughs> if he doesn't play. All right, so so the next question there, if we're giving it 99% chance that he plays at Augusta, what's the percentage chance he plays at Southern? Uh, if, he plays, if he does play at Augusta, he 100% plays at Southern. I'm, I'm going to say the chances that he plays at Southern is like 80% because, again, that gives him six more weeks to re-injure himself in a <laughs> yeah, different way. true. And he's been very injury-prone, so... But I, I've been Mr. Optimistic about this, yes. and, it, and it paid off for yes. me. Yes, and I hope that he is at Southern. I really do. You just... Yeah, I think I think he'll be at both, um, and I think I mean St. Andrews seems like a, just a near lock this summer, Taylor. Which that was your initial return date, wasn't it? I mean, you have to feel great about him teeing it up at the old course. Oh, I mean, I think that I was somewhere between that and the Memorial as a comeback date. I ended up going with uh, with St. Andrews, especially after his uh, press conference at Riviera. You know, I'll say this too. You know, if, if he does end up playing this next week, man, Tiger's able to keep his stuff on lock pretty good because. You know, at Riviera, we saw some videos. You know, he seemed to be walking good at times, a little gimpy at others. But, man, he did not sound optimistic about his game at all. And I think he's becoming a master of words. And, you know, I'd be honest with you guys, I don't know if Tiger will ever lose the PIP uh, fund or whatever it is until the day he dies. Because this guy he is probably will still win it after he after he passes. That's away. a great point. He'll probably still get more mentions than everybody else, even after he's gone. That money can just go to Charlie. <laughs> but um, the, the thing with Tiger and this comeback and everything – even as recently as three weeks ago, three weeks ago, I believe today, he was inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame. I think he was messing with us. Did y'all see how bad he was limping at his Hall of Fame ceremony? He had a significant limp at his Hall of Fame ceremony, which was three weeks ago. I think he was playing it up because he didn't want us to have expectations for him to tee it up at the Masters. <laughs> There's no way you go from limping at the level he was three weeks ago to playing the Masters if he wasn't playing it up a little bit. It was a significant limp. Maybe he'll limp his way around Augusta National and beat all these young guys out there. They, these young guys don't know what they're in for right now with a determined Tiger Woods. And that's why I think that this year's Masters, more than any year that I can remember, is anybody can win this year's Masters. There's 40 guys that I give a legitimate shot to to win this year's Masters. See, I know exactly who's going to win the Masters, and it's one of any, I think, probably 25 to 30 guys that I have on the list. <laughs> I think, you know, we get to run two guys out in the one and done next week. I think I might try to get a waiver and run out like 25 guys next week. I'll be like, I'll burn them for the whole season, but I know for sure one of these 25 guys is going to win, Taylor. Which, which, which one of y'all is going to run out Tiger in the one and done next week? <laughs> Hey, he is uh what eighty five hundred on draft eighty five hundred on draft. 
I can actually see myself running him out on DraftKings because I'm delusional and I would enjoy the the kind of <laughs> fun of it. But no, I, I can't run him out in the one and done. I already know who my two one and done picks are next week. Tell me I won't. They, they are locked in. Has ti- Fine, guys, I'll do has it. Tiger ever missed a cut at Augusta? Uh, I don't think it's ever happened. No, no, no. I'll, I'll no, do it. I'll no. do it. I'll do it. Give me Tiger and Cam Smith right now. Really? Yeah, I'll do it. One and done. Okay. He, he doesn't even know if he's in the field and he's picking him. I love it. I'll do it. I just, he's in the field, Taylor, you pessimist. He's in the field. Because here's the deal. Then why hasn't he announced it? Why not announce it if it's 100%? Because he likes, me, he likes messing with us and dragging it out until the last second. By the way, I want to clarify something that I said on Monday's show. I said that he had until Friday at 5 to... Uh, to commit, yep. that, that's not the case. That's for a regular tour event. I was mistaken. The Masters, you don't have to commit early for the Masters. Well, especially so, Tiger because he's already in the field. Right. But, I mean, just anybody. He's in the field until he's correct, not. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. They're in the field until they decide question, not to be. Question, Colby. Because he can withdraw at any point. But would he not declare before tee times are released on Tuesday? Uh, I would assume so, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess technically he wouldn't have to publicly declare. He could just tell Augusta National, like, yeah, I'm in the tournament. Give me a tee time. And then when tee times release on Tuesday, Tiger's name's on them. Of course, by then, we would have already seen pictures and videos of him on the grounds and all that stuff. So, um, By the way, I saw a picture yesterday. I retweeted it, and I can't remember. I'm looking it up right now to see who it was that tweeted out the picture, but... Who took a picture of Tiger Woods on the 18th hole yesterday? It was that picture's from 2019. Okay. Yeah. Where he's, so, in, the, where he's in the white shirt? Yes. Yeah, that picture's from 2019. So that's not, I knew that wasn't real. Yeah. No, nobody got a picture of him yesterday. I was about to say someone is getting kicked out of Augusta forever. Yeah. There were no pictures. There were no videos. There were no. There was no evidence of any kind aside from the plane trackers uh, that he was at Augusta National. <laughs> what and is Bob Herrig reported is- it. Eureka World or whatever? Or Eureka Earth. Eureka Earth. Yeah, they, uh, they've they got the overheads. They, they were the ones. Are they just recording us at all times? Uh, I mean, that's a great point. I really don't know. Because they had a literal picture of his plane taking off and landing. Yeah, I, here's the. I would imagine they're not recording us all the time. They're just on Tiger. <laughs> just Tiger. It's just a Tiger watch. Tiger Earth. Do right. you realize how much money I would pay for that? Oh, just to have an, an overhead like satellite view of Tiger yes, all the time. Yes. yes, that would be the most watched live stream in the history of live streams. Just you, him practicing in his backyard. You know, Tiger would shoot that drone down so fast. Just him and the dogs. He'd shoot it down with a wedge too. Yeah, he'd take a wedge and he'd just send one up there. All right, we spent nearly half an hour on Tiger Woods. It wasn't long enough. So we no, you're right. Well, one thing, one thing, guys. I just want to say before we got, and this is very interesting. Looking back on it, because I was trying to figure out if he'd missed the cut. What's weird, guys, is that since 2013, so that's nine years ago, he's only played in four Masters. I mean, obviously with everything going on, but just to think about that, that's just unbelievable to think that, man, Augusta has spent more time this last decade without Tiger than with Tiger. That, that's something I hadn't really thought about. Until now. Hey, what, one quick thing. So when Tiger came back, let's see, when was it after – was it after the scandal that his first tournament back was Augusta? Yes, yes. finished, and he finished tied for fourth. Yep. What year was that? that was I get my years. Yeah, twenty ten. So th- I think that this is a very comparable year, even though you you have the injury aspect to it. Don't. But I'm just saying, as far as him coming back for the first time at Augusta, last time he did that, he finished tied for fourth. Also, can you imagine telling someone in late 2019 that Tiger Woods would play the Masters? He would then not play another PGA Tour event until the next Masters that he played in, and they would be 18 months apart. And here, here's one last question for you guys. Do you think that Tiger would have come back earlier if it hadn't to do with so much, like, you know, um, 
what's the word? So, like the publicity so many, yeah, yeah, yeah. So much publicity around it because do you think he feels a little bit protected at Augusta and it's not going to be a media circus like it would be at a normal tour event that he would play to get himself ready? I don't know, Taylor. I, th- I think he pushed his body pretty hard to get ready for Augusta. I don't, I don't know that he could have teed it up any earlier than that because I, I wouldn't have seen him. I mean, he wouldn't have qualified for the match play. Right. He's not going to play Valero, so that would have been a couple of weeks ago at the players, and again, he was limping around his Hall of Fame ceremony. I don't think the body was ready. What do you think, Taylor? Yeah, so, so you got two things to look at it there. One is that, yeah, I like Colt was saying, that's probably where we're at, that the body wasn't ready, and he's just trying to make sure that it gets ready for this point. But you also have the element of let's just say that he thought that he was ready at, at Bay Hill, like like we like some of the prognosticated that he would return at. And you know you could play a tournament and have a setback, you know, during that. So I, I think that that's an element to it as well. Maybe and so it's either that he was been getting his body ready for these last couple weeks and months, or he has been ready for a little bit and hasn't won to setback. Which one it is, I'm not really sure. But nevertheless, I just I, I can say, guys, my, my hopes are set so high right now. And, you know, in all honesty, guys, if it wasn't for the fact that if he didn't play, that I'd be getting two pizzas and a, and a nice box combo from Kane's. Like, I would be so nervous right now. It'd be unbelievable. <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to sleep at night. So, thank God for happiness. Imagine, happiness. imagine if you were having your first kid on Saturday. I'm, not, I'm having my first kid on Saturday. <laughs> oh, and all I can think about is whether Tiger's hey, going to play the Masters. Hey, at least you induced early. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Okay, so for those who haven't heard the story, if you're a new listener, my wife and I, we get pregnant. Our original due date is April 9th. That's the Saturday of Masters week. I'm like, this this isn't going to work. We talked to the doctor. 39-week elective inductions are very safe. We're inducing this Saturday, April 2nd, to avoid the, the Masters. The part is it's, it's not for any other reason than to avoid the Masters every year. It's to avoid the Masters every year not just this year but for the rest of Even our Dana lives will tell you that because i'll be a better father if my daughter's birthday isn't on master's weekend that's just a fact yeah so we're inducing this saturday <laughs> if we hadn't have done that and then tiger played the masters and i had to miss half of it because we were up in the hospital and my wife didn't want golf on the tv oh i would be distraught i would be absolutely distraught also elated because we're having a kid and all, but Tiger's playing the Masters. All right, we need to take a break. We can sit here and talk about Tiger for another hour. Let's take a break, come back on the other side. Uh, ANWA, Augusta National Women's Amateur, Chevron Championship, Jin Young Co., huge favorite, and then the Valero Texas Open, Jordan Spieth defending. That's all coming up on the other side. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today.
are back, rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Oklahoma, Golf Oklahoma. want to remind everybody, you can check us out on the Sports Animals Sunday mornings from 10 to 11. I'm out this week due to uh, having a kid on Saturday, but Taylor and Sam will be in studio, and they will have Craig Humphreys, the hot man, live from Augusta National. Sam, he's headed down, what, Friday night? He's going to cover Friday the... Friday night, and the Anwa and the... Uh... The drive, chip, and putt, yeah. and and we'll be on. I will be on with my dad, the Hump Man, right after the seventy third hole this week, okay, uh, from eleven to noon, and then Masters Saturday and Sunday. He will be on, or Saturday we'll do two hours with the Hump Man, and then Sunday it'll be nine to eleven. So this week it's after the seventy third hole. Next week it's before the seventy third hole. Okay, yeah, sweet. That's uh, that's perfect. So everybody check that out. Sports Animal 98.1 WWLSFM here in Oklahoma City. Uh, you can also check it out online. TheSportsAnimal.com. Is it TheSportsAnimal.com or just SportsAnimal.com? I think it's TheSportsAnimal.com. TheSportsAnimal.com. Check it out. Uh, you can stream that as well. Give that a listen. Boys, we talked a lot about Tiger. Let's talk about the golf taking place this week. Let's just start out in California, and we'll work our way back. The Chevron Championship, the last time that this major championship will be played at Mission Hills Country Club in California, which has been a big deal for this event. They've been there like 56 years, I think. You jump into Poppy's Pond after you win. It's a big deal. But, Taylor, I know one thing that you and I have talked about a lot on previous show Sam I I think this might have been before you joined us the wall on number 18 at this event par five it's reachable in two but it's somewhat of an island green it's kind of bigger and has some bunkering and some fringes and stuff like that but they put a massive wall behind it so all the players would drive it in the fairway bank a three wood off the wall take a free drop get up and down for birdie Taylor they have moved the wall (laughs) the wall is now on the other side of the pond the hole will be played the way it was meant to be played what a glorious day I, I feel like I want to clap, you know, because this is this is a glorious thing for the tournament. But it's like I don't want to get an appreciation for something that should have been done before the tournament even started whenever they first had it there. I mean, it's just the most ludicrous thing I'd ever seen. Like, you have basically an island green that we're going to turn not into an island. Could you imagine the 17th at Sawgrass just having a big wall behind the green? You just hit a seven iron to play a bank <laughs> shot and let it drop down. I mean, gosh dang, it's the, literally the dumbest thing I'd ever seen a professional golf tournament do, let alone a major championship for the women. It was an absolute joke. So, yes, Bobby, that, that is probably the highlight going into the tournament. But, you know, you look at the, the ladies that have a chance to win. Obviously, Jen young Co going to be the big favorite. Nellie Corda not in the field with the, uh, I'm assuming, the blood clock stuff. She has, still hasn't been able to get that figured out. Yep. Hopefully, she's able to go on. But, but Jen young Co is still the big favorite. Lydia Coe's up there, Brooke Henderson, Lexi Thompson, be cool to see uh, an American get get a major going on, but uh, but yeah, really good tournament, and, and I'll actually be able to watch this year because I'm not even kidding, guys. Last year I, I didn't watch it because I'm not going to have these ladies just banking three woods off of here and getting up and down for easy birdies. I, I couldn't have it. So I don't know, Sam. What are you looking at this week at the at the Chevron? Wait, so you're telling me that they're just going to change it for the last year that it's at that course? That's what I'm telling you, better late than never. <laughs> better late than never, so I guess. The, the reason they're moving it, Chevron's a new sponsor. So Chevron comes in, new sponsor, purse is up. Last year, the purse for this event was $3.1 million. This year, the purse for this event is $5 million. And they haven't even actually announced the course. We just know it's going somewhere in near Houston next year and moving forward. Uh, so it's a good partnership with Chevron. It's going to be good for the championship. But, I mean... Some of the, the women were talking about it yesterday in their press conferences. 
it's going to be weird. I mean, every year they go back to the same spot. They've got all the traditions. They've got a, a wall right there after you walk off 18 with the plaques of all the winners, jumping into Poppy's Pond. Now, it's forgive just, my in- it's just going to be different. Forgive my ignorance, but is that the only course that they would go back to every single year? I believe for so. For women's majors? Yeah, yeah, for women's majors. So it was kind of like, I mean, obviously it's not Augusta National, but it was kind of right. like their Masters just in the sense that it returned to the same course yeah. year after year. So this year that will be a little bit different. Uh, but Taylor, you mentioned it. Jen Young Co is a big favorite. She's five to one next closest in odds is Lydia Ko at 12 to one Jin Young Ko gentlemen has won five of her last nine starts she has not finished outside the top 10 since July that's that's not a typo she has not finished outside the top 10 since July <laughs> seriously seriously dominant golf from Jin Young Ko and you know Nellie Corda was playing some great golf too so it was like Nellie or Jin Young Ko Nellie Corda has the blood clot she's at home trying to uh, heal up and get her arm back where it needs to be so I mean, Jin Young Ko is, is an overwhelming favorite this week. Taylor, uh, who's your pick to win? Uh, I'm going with Jin Young Ko as well, but by far the big favorite. One thing I'll say here, guys, I do believe the Evian Masters, one of the five majors, has played the same course every year in, is in it? France. So I think, I think that's another major that, that is held okay. all the same place. I may be wrong, but from what I'm seeing, I do think that it's there. And I remember watching that tournament all the time and playing at that same course. So I do think that's another one. But nevertheless, yeah. I'm definitely going with Jin Young Co. We'd love to see Nelly there. You kind of think that they kind of had a a big one-two rivalry going on. You look at the uh, the Rolex Women's Rankings. Jin Young Co. got 10.16 points. Nelly Quarters at 8.86, and she hasn't played in what a month or whatever. So, and Lydia Co.'s in third at 6.27. So those two <laughs> were definitely separating themselves for for a good amount of time. And so, you know, it's kind of like kind of like back in the old days, right? When you had Tiger and Phil at the Masters. Well, if one of them didn't play, you were going to take the other for sure. So I kind of feel like we're here with uh, with Jin Young Co. Guys, uh, Sam, you bucking the trend or are you taking the favorite? I'll take Lydia Co. and Jin Young Co. versus the field. If anybody wants a pizza bet, <sighs> I mean, you're giving me the field. Yeah, you're giving me the entire field. Yep. Man, Jin Young Co. is Brooke so Henderson, good. Brooke Lexi Thompson, MB Park, Danielle Kang. A lot of good players there, man. Yuka Sasso, defending champion, Patty yeah. Tavitanikit. I know. I'll take the pizza bet. Okay. I'll give you Lydia and Jin Young. All right. I'll deal. take the field, and we'll make a pizza bet on it. I like it. I. Uh, it's just – Hey, uh, go ahead, Taylor. I was just going to say, I'll say this. A dark shot here, 40 to 1. The first winner of the uh, Augusta Women's in- Amateur, Jennifer Cupcho, 40 yeah. to 1. That seems like a, a pretty good odds there to, to lay down on, on a very good player. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. DraftKings has Henderson as the uh, highest uh, that's not Lydia or Jin Youngko. Okay, yep. She's third in odds. Uh, I, I think I'm going to buck the trend, guys. I'm not going to pick Jin Youngko as the winner, which is risky because, again, over the last six months, she's won more than half the time that she's teed it up. She's just on an unbelievable heater. She had a chance to win last week, couldn't get it done on Sunday. I'm going to go with what I think is one of the best swings in all of golf, U.S. Open champion Yuka Sasso. Yep. Love me some Yuka Sasso. She hits it high. She hits it far. I think that'll be beneficial out there. Hot air, just send it up there. Firm golf course, let it run. So I'm going to buck the trend a little bit and go with Yuka Sasso. Hopefully she can groove it down the fairway at Mission Hills Country Club. If you want to groove it down the fairway, get yourself a Groove It brush. Make sure all of your golf clubs are clean. GrooveItBrush.com. They're back in stock. They're shipping now. Promo code 73rd hole. 73rd hole gets you 10% off. Logan McAllister, our buddy down from Oklahoma, he's playing in the Valero, Texas Open this week. Got a picture just a little bit earlier. He's got one of the Groove It brushes we took down to the Charlie Coast Center a few weeks ago on his bag. Put a little water in it. It's patented. Press a button. It's held on by the the 
jaws of life magnet <laughs> that uh, it's not going to pop off. It's not going to go anywhere. Grooveitbrush.com, promo code 73rd hole, gets you 10% off. Jaws of life. Yeah. Do you remember? Oh, I do. Do you remember? I do remember Jaws of Life. What if I told you that Tiger Woods would be playing in the 2022 Masters when we were watching the news and they were saying that they were using the Jaws of Life yep. to get Tiger Woods out of that car? Life's good, boys. Life is good. Life's good, boys. Uh, all right. The Augusta National Women's Amateur. Kind of a little preview to the golf course mm-hmm. before we get to the Masters next week. It's an awesome event. Uh, there is a chance that it gets shortened to a 36-hole event this year because there is some weather supposed to come in tomorrow, some pretty significant weather. Um, there were actually some rumors that Tiger was going to be at Augusta today, maybe moved it up a day just in case the weather came in early. So hopefully they don't have to shorten it, shorten it to 36 holes, but it's definitely a possibility. If they Sam. do shorten it to 36 holes, do they still get to play Augusta? Yes, they'll they'll all still get to play Augusta, assuming assuming the weather doesn't last now, like throughout all of Thursday and Friday, because Friday is whenever. So so the format they they play a practice round. They play their two rounds, right? Yeah. So today and tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, they'll play eighteen holes a day at Champions Retreat Golf Club, which is near Augusta National. So and Champions Retreat's a great golf course. Yeah. Saw some pictures yesterday. It's awesome. So they'll play two rounds Wednesday and Thursday at Champions Retreat, and then Friday. Every player in the field gets to go play a practice round at Augusta National, but only the top, I think, 36 maybe out of 54 in the field, or maybe it's the top 30 out of 54 in the field, make the cut. I think it's top 30 unless they change it. Okay, yeah, so top 30 in the field will then get to play Augusta National for the final round, which is televised uh, on Saturday on Golf Channel or NBC, CBS, whoever whoever televises right. the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Uh, final round will be televised on Saturday. And then so. Sunday is the drive, chip, and putt. Drive, chip, and putt national finals, so yes. The reason why and that they takes would place move it, in the morning. The reason why they would move it up is because they can't have the drive, chip, and putt the same day as the A&WA? Uh, yeah, yeah. They just right. have to have different days for that, and they have to have everything done. The, the reason they do the drive, ship, and putt early on Sunday is because a lot of the players for the Masters start getting there Sunday afternoon and getting out to get their work in. Uh, and you'll see some of the guys. We've seen Bubba yep. a lot in years past out at the A&WA. I wonder, and, if my and guy, and uh, I wonder if my guy Emerson is going down to the drive, ship, and putt. He's 11 years old from Oak Tree. Okay. I know that he's one of the best players in the country for being 11. I'll have to ask him. You'll have to ask him. If he's down there, then uh, you can show him some love yeah. Sunday morning on Sports Animal, 10 to 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor, Augusta National Women's Amateur. I'm not sure how much you've looked in the field. Uh, just talk about the event. Obviously, getting to see the golf course a week early and who you think might be the favorite this week. Yeah, so so looking at it, it is the, it is the leading 30 players that get in. I do think that they, um, if I remember correctly, this is something they may change, but I don't think it's top 30 and ties that make it. It's like top 30 and you go into a playoff after that. So yes. Mm-hmm. That will be interesting. Um, you know, looking at it, guys, just reading up here a little bit on it, Stanford, the Stanford women's golf team has five current players in the field and a sixth who is committed to there. How unreal is that? Six players on wow. your team are in this tournament. That is absolutely insane. I mean, we talk about OU and OSU men making a staple. I mean, gosh dang, the Stanford women must be absolutely killing it. And they've got uh, the number one ranked uh, amateur in the world, Rose Yang, and number three, Rachel Hex. So, I mean, that is absolutely loaded team. So, you know, I mean, if you have to look at it, you got to say, man, I'm probably going to pick someone from Stanford to win because, my goodness. But, you know, one thing, too, that, that you have to take in consideration is that, you know, you're playing 54-hole event. You're playing two rounds at an entirely different course than Augusta, right? So, you know, some of these some of these women, their games might fit perfectly for Augusta. They might be the best fit, but they don't get in the top 30 out of the uh, in the first two rounds. They're not going to make it. Here's a question i got to ask you guys because 
you know, we, we all know that a, you take a practice round different than you do a kind of serious round, right? Because you're going out and you're trying to learn where you might hit shots you're missing. So, you know, if if you don't make the top – if you're not in the top 30 at, after the cut and, you have, and you're missing the cut, you play a gust as if you're just never going to play it again, right? You play one ball and do it down. But if you're in the top 30, are you just going around to, like, every spot on the green and chipping and – I mean, you know, obviously Augusta's real strict on, on the rules and where you walk, but I think for a big tournament they'll change it. So I just want to know what would be y'all's dynamic between if you made the cut and had and were playing a practice round versus if you didn't make the cut and playing the practice round. What would you do, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I would if I was going to play in the tournament the next day, I would treat it like I treat any other practice round. I would chip more around the green, maybe hit some shots to the pin locations that they would be tomorrow, um, things like that. You know, but if I didn't make the top 30, I'm just going out there to see what I would shoot at Augusta National, right? Yeah, and, you, and, and you're allowed to chip and putt in those practice rounds. Additionally, you're only allowed to hit one ball off the tee. You're only one allowed ball. to hit okay. one approach shot. All right. So, But you can chip and putt as much as you want in the practice right. rounds. Uh, I mean, within reason, obviously. You're not going to be out there for four hours on right. the 13th chipping and putting. But even if you're allowed to hit one ball into the green, you might, you know, if you know where some of the pin locations are, you might hit them towards that yeah. part of the green no, or at least right. try to. Um, I, I'd probably right there with Sam. You know, you're playing in the tournament the next day, do a whole lot of chipping and putting, trying to get your game right. If you're not playing in the tournament the next day, if you miss the cut i would say like you get on number one you play it out until your score is finished and then and chip then, around <laughs> and then so now yeah. you write your score down so you right. can keep your actual score but then the other girls in your group might have made the cut so they're spending a little extra time around the green yeah it's augusta national let's chip and putt a little bit yeah. more taylor i think that's kind of the the balance i would strike yeah that's kind of what i was thinking too you know because i guess the question i was going to say was that you know because like when you're just trying to play a serious round you know you're, you're not sitting behind the green afterwards and putting and chipping that's something that I mean, I would, I would stay out there until they kick me off. I'd say, look, guys, I'm just going to keep doing this. If you don't like it, you know, then let me know. And then things will change. But, yeah, I, I completely agree with you guys. It's just something that, that, I mean, you don't see that very often. I can't think of any other time where that happens. I don't like, think so anybody's going to get it, mad about a long practice round at Augusta of the people playing. I mean, Augusta National might. But. <laughs> that, that'd be a 12-hour practice round. I mean, sun up to sun down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely would. So, uh, I mean, for me, the favorite going in, it's got to be Rose Zhang from Stanford. She was obviously great here a year ago. Uh, got into the playoff, couldn't get it done. Uh, Subasa Kajitani, I believe. That's off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure it was the <laughs> winner last year. That's a good pronunciation yep. again. I, I love me some animal, man. I just, Augusta National, it's just, you can't beat it. So, oh. Subasa Kajitani a year ago takes down Rose Zhang. Ingrid Lindblad from LSU was a shot out of that playoff right. last year. She's back this year. So, I think I would go Rose Zhang. Uh, Rachel Heck and yep. Ingrid Lindblad. Those those are your three favorites. I'll go uh, Rachel Heck. Rachel Heck, yep. the Onica Award winner from a year ago, best player in women's collegiate golf. We should also mention uh, local flavor, Rena Tatabatsu from Oklahoma State, making her ANWA debut. No so, Fierro. Uh, no no okay. Fierro. Fierro was in the field. Fierro then got an invite to play in this week's Chevron Championship. Oh, okay. So Fierro's going out to play okay. in the what Chevron. What would you guys choose? Oh. I was just about to ask that. Now, Colby, can you do you know this? Has did Ferrero play in the women's amateur last year, the year before? Has she played in this tournament? She has. Okay. Okay. So, so okay, so that makes it differently because, like, if you had, if see, that's something I'd ask you guys. If you had never played Augusta before, if you had never played in this tournament, would you choose? And you're the a major, and you're a woman, which means that you're probably not ever going to play it again, right? Unless yeah. you know a member. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I would, uh, if it were me, I would play Augusta. Because, 
I understand the idea behind going out and playing <laughs> at the Chevron, right? So Patty Tavitanicet, Patty Tavitanicet wins the Chevron Championship last year. It's her first major. She was faced with this decision. She chose to play the Chevron as an amateur. She right. had already gotten that experience. She knew the golf course. She goes out and wins that tournament at a very young age. Now it's moving golf courses. You're probably not going to get to play Augusta again. Uh, by the way, I'll say this. I don't think it is good for women's golf that they have them on the same week. And this is the yeah. last year that they will have them That's on the good. same week. The Chevron Championship is moving dates next year to avoid the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Because like you said, Taylor, this is not a fair choice to make a 19- or 20-year-old uh, woman make, whether to play Augusta National maybe for the only time in her life or get to tee it up in a major championship for the first time What's in her life. What's the bigger tournament to you guys? Uh, I mean... If you're playing as a man, you're not getting money anyways. Yeah. I would I would say the women's amateur. I think the only reason that it's not is because this is what the third or fourth year that, that it's happening. So there's there's not the tradition, you know. I, I think that's the only thing holding the women's amateur back. Once once we get about ten years down the line, this women's amateur is going to be but one I, of the biggest tournaments, not just in women's golf, but all of golf. But T Dub, I think that there there is tradition, right? I mean, I think that you can count the Masters tradition into the A and W A. I mean, it just happens to be that they just now started the ANWA, but I think that all the masters before that, that tradition lives on. That's why it's so special for these. Well, cause girls. like when they get up on 12 T on Saturday, that still means something because it's 12 T in the final yeah. round. You know what I mean? Oh, Oh, I, 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 I'm not saying that for the players. I'm talking about from the outside looking in, if you hadn't played in the tournament before, you know, it, to make that decision, if you're going to play the ANWA or, or the, uh, the major champion. Yeah, that, I you got know, you. That's, the, that's the outlook I was looking at. What I got you? you. By the way, I Googled it just to see when she played. Fierro actually played in the inaugural ANWA okay. the first year. So, so what do you it, guys – It also didn't help the tournament prestige that they, they play it for one year and then COVID happens to set it back. You know, right. I mean, that kind of halted uh, the start. What are you guys looking forward to most uh, just as a golf fan, a Masters fan, about the course? What, what are you looking for at the ANWA? Ooh, Taylor, probably number 11 for me. I'm looking to see what it looks like real real life on camera. But are you really going to see it because they're – I don't know. The members tees. Are, the, the women still play for the members tees, right? Um, That's a great question. I mean, technically yeah, – They'll probably mix and match. So, so this year I got the uh, the media guide for how Augusta likes things to be referred, and they just like you to call it the teeing grounds. They, they don't like it called members tees. They don't like it called women's tees. Teeing grounds. Just, okay. They like generic terms, but okay. I mean, we're, well, we're, we're, we're a podcast we're, in Oklahoma. You can call it whatever you want to. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I want to be... I want to be respectful. The teeing grounds. Where, where, no, hey, be respectful. Yeah. Where are the teeing grounds? I, it's a good question. I don't know. But hopefully we'll get a look at the new look number 11th. Taylor, is that what you're looking forward to the most? Yeah, because because 15, you're not going to see that, that, you know, because they moved that tee, what, 25 yards back. Or teeing grounds. Well, let me know if I, if I misspeak <laughs> on their special terms here. Um, so, yeah, I would say definitely number second, 11. It's the second sure. nine, by the way. Right? Yeah, it's not the front nine. It's not the front nine in the back nine. Dude, I'm so bad at this. So, yeah, I mean, I would definitely say number 11 for sure. I mean, anytime you watch the tournament, you know, obviously, amen corner, so that's included in it, 11, 12, 13. So, obviously, you want to see, you know, do the, you know, because when Tiger won, right, what was there, four of the last six players that played, four of them hit it in the water on 12. So, it's like, you know, is that going to happen in this tournament, right? Is is a young lady going to get out there with a three-shot lead and fall apart? Or, 
you know, like, for example, a lot of people don't remember this, you know, like Rory, his only major is in the Masters. Well, he had a huge lead in uh, 2011 or 2010. I think it's 2011. Yeah, and uh, so. When he hit know, it mean, over in the uh, cabins over there? In the cabins, hit it. Hit it 80 yards left to Race Creek on 13. I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. So I just think that you know, on Amen Corner, it's that that's always the highlight. And so I definitely want to see what happens on 12 and on on 13. And you know, guys, I can't remember off the top of my head. I can't remember if if they've kept the pin locations the same during the rounds at, at the at the women's amateur. Then I always like to see where they put the pins because you know, like we talked about with TG, they can put those pins on those little shelves that are about 10 yards wide, 10 paces wide at best. So I, I mean that's just and it's and it's just a great tease, right? It's such a it's kind of like dipping your dipping your hand in the, in the chalk or the uh, the cake filling before you bake the cake, right? You know, you get a little taste, and then you know, masters will be here next like week, that. and you get to enjoy the full thing. So I mean, I, I that it, it's so tempting because it just leads right into it, right? Because you have Saturday, then you have the drive chip and putt, and then Monday is officially the start of masters week. So oh man, I can taste it now, and I just I'm so waiting for the tiger announcement, but I'm not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> uh, I think one of the main things that doesn't really mean anything as far as the golf goes that I look forward to at Augusta is, is it a year where we get flowers or is it a year where they haven't bloomed yet? Oh, we're getting flowers. We're getting flowers. You Some think Mother years? Nature wouldn't bloom for Tiger Woods, Sam? They're waiting Some on Tiger's commitment to bloom. <laughs> They're waiting on Tiger's commitment to bloom. That's hey, great. I, I do uh, want to bring up a couple things that I forgot to bring up on the last show. Uh, we brought it up on the radio show. Uh, Hayden Wood making the cut at yes, the sir. Corn Ferry event yes, last sir. week, and if you haven't seen the video of the interview with him and Taylor, uh, him and uh, Willie. Willie Wood, yep, yeah, uh, that his dad. That was just a hilarious interview. So so good. And another thing that I wanted to bring up was Rian Gibson played well in that same Corn Ferry Tour event, and then our guy Brad Dalkey was five under through nine yesterday. Ended up shooting even par, but the wind and the weather came up. And he is at PGA Tour Canada Q School, and he is even par right now for the tournament. And so good to see Brad playing some really solid golf again. Yeah, rooting big time for him. Hopefully he can uh, find it, get himself some status, and get out there and get it done. So really rooting for him. Uh, guys, my A&WA pick this week, I think I'm going against the grain. I'm betting against the Stanford girls. I'm going to take Ingrid Lindblad from oh, LSU. I didn't realize you didn't give out your pick yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take fault. Ingrid Lindblad from LSU. I just okay. – it, the Stanford girls are just so chalk. I just kind of feel like mixing it up. I mean, Heck and Zong are obviously the favorites, but I think Ingrid Lindblad is right there behind them. So yep. uh, really looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing the golf course uh, and can't wait for that. want to remind everybody to go see our good friends at Ring Family Dentistry. Ring Family Dentistry. They go out of their way to ensure that you are as comfortable as possible. Leading edge technology, delivering same-day crowns for more than 20 years. Implants, clear aligner, orthodontics. They do it all. You want it. They've got it. All decisions are made by the patient. Some, done, some dentists can over-treat, but it is their philosophy that patients in their office should only have done what they absolutely need. If they can't show why treatment is needed, they will not prescribe it. They explain their opinion, answer any questions, and ultimately leave all decisions to the patient. Go see our good friends at Ring Family Dentistry. Why don't we dive in, uh, talk a little Valero Texas Open. Guys, Last year, Jordan Spieth came into this tournament ranked 53rd in the world, having not won in nearly four years. He got it done last year at the Valero Texas Open. Charlie Hoffman didn't have to take any bad drops at last year's Valero Texas Open. Chipped in twice on the back nine, made it interesting, but Spieth got it done. Uh, Spieth hadn't been playing his best golf lately, only one top 10 finish in he his was last playing a lot better. starts. He was playing a lot better last year at this time than he was this he year. He was. Last year, he had, he'd had some good finishes coming in. This year... 
not so much. Taylor, he's defending. Obviously, this was big for him to get the win last year, but I think that a lot of people in the golf world thought that it was going to kind of snowball and turn into old Spieth a little bit, and it really hasn't. We talked about it earlier in the week. He's playing golf swing, not golf. So how do you feel about Spieth as he comes in this week trying to defend? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we talk about this, right? I mean, I, I mentioned it on the last show. You know, I'm thinking about going with uh, taking him out at one of my master's picks next week, and he always plays well at Augusta. So, I mean, I, I just hate what I'm see- seeing from Spieth. You know, you, you look at the, the rankings on how what he has a chance to win here, according to analytics. You know, he's fifth um, behind guys like Siwoo Kim, Corey Connors, and then Hideki and, and Roy are by far the big-time favorites. So, with someone with Spieth, right, if, you know, if he can just get the spark going, then then he's, he's going to light the world on fire. He, he's He's kind of turned into almost a mini version of DJ, where he just kind of gets on these runs and he plays really good at courses that he really likes. And uh, if 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 he was at Augusta or Colonial, even if I wasn't going to think about picking him, I still would think that he would have a, a fairly solid week. So I don't know. I, I don't expect him to contend. I don't expect him to be top five, top ten. But I would say middle of the pack, twenty fifth, thirtieth, maybe even fortieth, if, if a few putts don't fall. So yeah, I, I'm not really optimistic on speed this week. I mean, I'm the. I feel the exact same way. I don't think speed is a huge factor right now. I don't think he'll be a big factor at Augusta. I just, I don't like what I'm seeing from him. It seems like, you know, sometimes you can see when guys are just in their head. And it, I mean, with Jordan Speeth right now, it seems like, you know, like I said, like you just said, he's playing golf swing, not golf. It, it seems like everything is internal, not external. It feels forced. And, yeah, it? Exactly. Every exactly. swing feels forced. And it seems like you know when you're internal you can't you know think about the little things you need to think about to win a golf tournament I mean little course management things go out the window when you're so consumed with where you are on your backswing I mean it's just how it is and that's why golf is one of the hardest games in the world but I don't see Jordan Spieth you know contending either this week or next week on two courses that he really likes well the problem is the putter isn't bailing him out he's 93rd in strokes strokes gained approaching the green this season he's 141st in strokes gained putting he's 110th in strokes gained around the green he's just he's not playing very good golf so far this season that's the reason you know he had the runner-up finish at pebble other than that that's his only top 10 finish in his last 13 starts worldwide 12 of those pga tour events one of them the hero world challenge so uh yeah don't feel great about that rory mcelroy coming in this week uh taylor i don't know about you i feel like this is totally let's just go out and make some swings stay loose and play a tournament before next week at the masters i mean he was at augusta on monday he was still in augusta yesterday a lady took a picture with him on the street and tweeted it out yesterday (laughs) he was still in augusta Rory might have flown in last night or this morning, knocking around for a couple of days in San Antonio, but he's clearly focused on the Masters, Taylor. Yeah, I mean, when you look at him, him and Hideki are the two that I'm looking at. and Because I think Bryson's still trying to figure his game out a little bit, so I won't throw him in there. But yeah, Hideki and, and Rory, I throw in the same boat. It's like, I, I, they're by far the biggest favorites, but I, I'm not going to pick those guys at all because I don't know where their head's at. You know, Obviously, like you just mentioned with Rory, we – we know that he, he's gearing his schedule every single year for Augusta because it's the last thing he needs for Grand Slam. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's by far his biggest thing. And then you got Hideki, who's defending the tournament, you know. So, I, I would definitely definitely throw those two guys out. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm looking for guys who, who, need a, who need a win to get into Augusta. I think whoever wins this tournament will not be in next week's field. Really? Okay. Uh, I mean, that would be awesome. By the way, I mean, a lot of the talk is about Richard Bland. You know, Richard Bland got himself up to 53rd in the world. He wins this week. He gets in. He's not the only one. Anyone not in the Masters field already who wins this week gets in next week. Guys, that includes 
That includes Fowler. a gentleman by the name of Ricky Fowler. Taylor, everybody's wondering if Tiger's going to play Augusta. What if Ricky wins this week and plays Augusta? <laughs> that would be a story. That would, that would be electric, you know. It's even as much as I even as much as I kind of talk a little bit of smack on Ricky. I almost might be rooting for that this week because that would be. Gosh dang, man, that you talk about. Could you imagine if Tiger committed and Ricky won and got in? We would have the best Masters week ever, dude. They, they, would, have to, they would have to pair them. They would have to pair yeah. them. It'd be the improbable pairing. Like, these guys oh, weren't no, supposed we, to no, be we, here. We, we could we can't do that to my man Tiger. Ricky would slow him down too much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, it would be pretty epic. But let's go ahead. You want to get into our DraftKings lineups? I've got a I've yeah. got a banger this week. Okay, and, and by a banger I'm I mean three uh, guys without pictures on DraftKings this week. I've got two guys without pictures. No, actually, I have three guys without pictures, and I've got a bone to pick with DraftKings because all three of them are good players. Same, you know their names. They should have pictures on DraftKings. We'll get to that in a minute. First one, Richard Bland, seventy two hundred. He's playing good does he golf. Have a picture? He's got a lot to play for. He does not have a picture. What? It's just it's just the the English flag. So, okay. yeah, just a little Red Cross. So, if you want to donate to the Red Cross, Richard Bland, 7,200 this week. Okay, I like that. I'm going to go with our man, Logan McAllister, who nice. is in the field on a sponsor's exemption. 6,100 on DraftKings. I always like taking really solid college players at the bottom of my DraftKings draft lineup. It allows me to take some more expensive guys up top. T-Dub? Yeah, if, if, I had, if I had seen that Logan was in the field, I probably would have would have picked him. But also, too, since I'm staying away from the from the big big dogs this week, don't really have to go bottom heavy. So my cheapest guy is only at 7,500, and I've been on him a couple times this week or this year. Is Denny McCarthy? You know, he's playing some really solid golf. We talk about if he gets on greens that he likes. He's turning into a very steady player, and that putter's been able to carry him a lot. Going back to last fall, he's only missed one cut, and that was at the uh, the, the waste management and desert golf does not suit Denny McCarthy at all. So not too worried about that. I really like him to make the cut here. Def, he's made two or three cuts. Uh, since he's played this event, 20th and 34th, I believe. So, really like that for 7,500. And I'm going all the way up to 7,600, and that is Brendan Steele. You talk about a course for a course here, guys. I mean, he has played here uh, every year since uh, 2011, won here in 2011, and has only missed one cut in that stretch. And you talk about he was on a massive downhill slide. He missed five cuts in a row. But at two really difficult uh, courses, Bay Hill and TBC Sawgrass, he finished 26th. And 13. So I think Brendan Steele's found a little bit of form coming into a course that he likes. I like Brendan Steele as a, a good pick, and he probably gets some value on a top 10 this week. That wouldn't shock me one bit. Yeah, then I'll go from 6,100 uh, Logan McAllister to 7,000 Taylor Moore, two Oklahoma guys. Homer! Uh, uh, hey, 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 hey. Uh, you can call me a homer all you I want. Love I love it, but, by the way. I hope, Taylor, they, I hope they light it up. But Taylor Moore at 7,000, great driver of the golf ball, which you have to be on that course down in San Antonio. And he's going to break through eventually. And if I keep getting him cheap on DraftKings, eventually I'm going to be right. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, he's he's at a value that hopefully he won't be at for much longer because that means he's played some good golf. Like whenever we used to get Taylor Gooch at great exactly. value, and now we log on for a field of strength like this or strength of field like this, yeah. and he's 8,800, 9,500. Uh, I'm going to go up to 7,700 with my next pick. We're doing storybooks, guys. I got Richard Bland at 7,200, 7,700. Give me Ricky! <laughs> Ricky Fowler, baby, 7,700, coming for that dub to get himself in the field at Augusta. He and Tiger Woods will not be watching it on the couch again this year. They will both be watching it live, front row seat, on the golf course as they tee it up at Augusta National. Uh, probably not, but he's still in my DraftKings. My next pick, 7,800, Sawhith 
Tagala, he's played some really good golf this season. He, he proved earlier in the year that he was capable of some high-level golf, finished 22nd last week in Punta Cana. Uh, I think he has a good week this week, so I'll take Sahith Tagala at 7,800. Sam, who you got? I'm going 8,000, a Texan, Ryan Moore. Or, uh, Ryan Palmer. <laughs> Ryan Palmer, excuse me. It's I don't his, know why his, I said Ryan it's Moore. It's his cousin. It is his cousin, Ryan Moore. Yeah, they're related by first name. Uh, anyways, <laughs> but if you look at Ryan Palmer uh, in his previous finishes at the Valero Texas Open, Open 2017, 16, 15. He went sixth, fourth, and sixth. So he has some really solid uh, previous history at the Valero Texas Open. Um, and this year, I mean, top 15 or top 16 at the Farmers, top 12 at the Sony. And so he showed some decent recent form. Uh, didn't play well at the players, got the bad side of the draw there. But 8,000, that's good value uh, for Ryan Palmer playing in the state of Texas, T Dub. Hobie, stay off, stay off my Satiti Gala. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That's Sahith. a mouthful there. Sawheath. Sawheath, yeah, yeah. Sawheath, yeah. So, 7,800, I was on the Yeah, Sawheath, yep. At the Pooch's Farm. <laughs> T-Dub goes, yep, yep. All right, fire away, Tyler. Sawheath. It's Sawheath. I mean, it, I'm giving it my best go here. Who knows if it's coming out well, probably. So, we're from, we're from Chickasha. You got to cut us some slack. Dude, that's a good point. I mean, my literacy, my pronunciation, and my enunciation are all just really, really Pronunciation. Close. Did you say your pronunciation? <laughs> pronunciation, enunciation. All right, go ahead. I'm throwing them away. all in there together. Today's, today's an English course lesson for all the youth out there. So we're teaching the youth a happiness hedge in English. So we're on a good track here. We can probably do better than modern school is. Hey, so, turn on the podcast. Turn on the 73rd hole podcast, and they will learn. <laughs> okay, Toby's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Kazari's he had missed a cut in he's only, I'm sorry he's missed one cut going back to the start of this year and he finished ninth here last year I don't know guys my, my mind's so messed up I'm just literally reading off of here and hoping I'm getting it right man you guys are throwing me off so bad already <laughs> <laughs> we've we've gone down a rabbit hole Sam let's get back on track here your fourth pick in DraftKings all right my fourth pick in DraftKings this week is Davis Riley I mean, Davis Riley yeah. went toe-to-toe with Sam Burns a couple weeks ago at 8,400. He's made uh, 8 of 14 cuts, but two top 10s in that stretch. Uh, so, Davis Riley, 8,400, another really solid ball striker. That's what I'm looking for this week uh, down in San Antonio. So, 8,400, Davis Riley. I really like that pick. I, I spaced on David, Davis Riley. I really like that pick. Uh, my next pick, it's Johnny. Johnny Vegas, okay. 8,600, played pretty well last week, had a chance to win, couldn't quite get it done. He's played here a few times, uh, mixed bag for Jonathan Vegas, uh, pardon me, Jonathan Vegas at this event, uh, but I think he has a good week at 8,600. And then my next pick, a guy who I think will be low-owned because he has not been playing well, and match play, it, it's sometimes tough to judge, but this guy made eight birdies in his final match on Friday at Austin Country Club against Xander Schauffele. That's a guy by the name of Tony Finau. I'm just hoping that I can take, take Tony Finau this week, get him at low ownership, because I don't think many people are going to have him. Made eight birdies in his last round last week at Austin Country Club. You never know when a guy that talented can find it. Uh, I'm going to hope that I'm a little early on Tony Finau getting back into his game. So that's my second most expensive player at 9,100. All right, my next player is my winner of the tournament, and this just Ooh. makes so much sense to me, guys. 
9,800 Corey Connors. Now, previously is three times he's played in the Valero Texas Open, 14th, 1st, and 26th. And, and, and the year he won, he Monday qualified in. Correct. Yep. And last week he finished third at the WGC, finished 11th at the Arnold Palmer, 26th at the Players. Not that bad either. He his game his previous form at the Valero Texas Open is great and his recent form is great and I just think that there's no better pick than Corey Connors this week uh, down in San Antonio. T Dub, man, Sam, I really hope you're right on that pick. I truly do. But uh, I'm not going to have him in my draft teams. We'll we'll see that reason for there on the show. I'm going up to 9,500. That is the man who beat uh, Joaquin Neiman eight and six, eight and seven last week, whatever it was. That's our man Maverick McNeely. Looking back on it, guys, uh, since the Shriners last year at uh, in October, he has not missed the cut um, at any at any tournament he's played. And so, almost made it through the match play last week. Finished seventh at Riviera. Four, um, made the cut at the Players, one of the best fields in golf. So, really love some Maverick McNeely this week. Um, my, he might be my pick to win. In all honesty, um, I was debating between him and Connors, but I, I am going to stick with Connors. But may lay a little bit of money on Maverick. Then I'm going up from 9,500. 9,600. That's the man Siwoo Kim. We talk about him all the time. You know, he's a streaky guy, ball striker. If he gets it rolling, he's going he's gonna to do really well. So, last four times he's played this course, uh, he's made the cut, finished fourth in 2019, and uh, two other times he was inside the top 25. So, really loves to see you this week, 9,600. And then, a little sneaker pick that uh, I want to give out, um, because I didn't have to go top-heavy this week, so I didn't have him. At 7,100, I think Adabon Lahiri is a really good steal. Finished second at the Players made the cut in all three times at this course, finished fifth in 2021. So, giving out a little bit more picks than, than we have to put in, but I really do like Lahiri this week. Little TPC, woo! <laughs> uh, my final pick is 10,600 Jordan Spieth. Now, I just told you why I don't think he will have the greatest week, but on DraftKings, I had so much money left and thought, if I don't pick Jordan Spieth, then I'm going to look like an idiot. If he does play well, Fair so enough. I'm going ahead and picking Jordan Speed to my DraftKings lineup just because I had so much money left over. Um, you know, previously first, thirtieth, second, tenth. He's probably not going to miss the cut here, um, but I just don't think that he's going to win here this week either. So yeah, no, whatever. It's no, Jordan Speed. I don't think he wins, but I think he plays well. I mean, it's he a lo- solid DraftKings pick. I'll say that. Yeah. I, I bet you he finishes top thirty at least. Yeah, I mean, I I would think top fifteen, top twenty for for speed right. this week. I just right. don't think he defends. Right. Uh, but yeah, he he likes this golf course. He talked yesterday about it being a very Texas golf course, having to flight your ball throughout the bag with different wind conditions, stuff like that. One thing that I do want to bring up on speed just so far this year, if we look at his stats last year, he was gaining almost half a shot putting around the green and approach. This year, he's actually losing shots putting, literally dead zeros around the green. And strokes gained approach only .31. He's actually better off the tee this year. Um, but total, that means he's gaining .03 shots per round on the field in 2022, where in 2021 he gained 1.5, one and a half shots on the field per round. So that he's playing a lot worse this year than he was last year. Yeah, absolutely. So my most expensive player is my pick to win the tournament. Taylor, get off my Maverick McNeely. Maverick McNeely, last guy in the field last week in Austin, goes out, 
steamrolls Joaquin Neiman, actually outscores Kevin Na on Thursday, beats him by a shot and stroke play, but it, it averages out to a draw. He should have gotten through into the knockout stage. Kevin Na ends up backdooring, getting into a playoff with some crazy stuff on Friday afternoon, get, gets him in the playoff. But Ma- Maverick McNeely is playing really good golf. And again, I'm going for the storybook. He wins, he's in. So Maverick McNeely, my most expensive option, and my pick to win the tournament, which leads us to our one-and-done yep. picks. For me, it's Maverick McNeely. This guy is due to win on tour. This course, yes, it's a somewhat long course. Yes, it has four par fives, but a couple of those are 600. There, there's water troubles. There's you, you can't go for all of those in two. So I think Maverick McNeely, I think this course sets up well for him. He's playing good golf, and I just think he's due. I think it'd be a great story. He's my pick to win the tournament. I'm going Corey Connors. T-Dub, who you got? I'm going Corey Connors as well. You know, Let's finished go. third last week, like I said. So, and, you know, like Sam mentioned, the course form here. So, I mean, looking at it, he won, like you said, we Monday qualified, finished 14th last year and 26th in his first appearance. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just absolutely tough for him. And I'm not – a lot. some people are worried about, you know, he played a lot of matches last week. Is that going to fatigue him? And, and I say no because Austin and San Antonio are so close uh, relatively. You know, you, can re- you, you don't have to travel. You know, you're not going from Dubai to Pebble Beach or something like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about the fatigue thing. I think Corey Connors plays really well this week. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here on the official World Golf Ranking page looking at Corey Connors. So that brings us up to the fact that we didn't do strength of field. So which what number are you going with for that one? Strength of field. This well, is going to be kind of a tough one a this weird week. One. DeChambeau definitely makes it better. You want to um, go first? Yeah, you can go first. I went first last week. I'll say 350. Uh, Rory, Jordan, Hideki, Corey. Man, I don't know that this field's top-heavy enough to get to 350. I'm going to go 307, Tyler. Man, boys, it's it's even lower than I thought. 223. Really? Oh. Even I mean, with Rory, Matsuyama, Spieth, and DeShambo? That's brutal. It is. I mean, you look at it, and I mean, you know, Spieth's the 17th-ranked player in the world, so, you know, he's bringing a, a little bit there. But there's only, I was at seven guys that are in the top, uh, that are better than 49th in the world playing. That's Connor, Spina, Spieth, Answer, and then the three guys you mentioned, DeShambo, Hideki, and uh, Rory. So, after that, you know, you're looking at Richard Bland, who are wanting to win, is what, the uh, ninth or tenth highest player ranked in the field. So, I mean, yeah, it's it is got a few guys at top heavy, but there's not enough uh, guys from 30 to 50 that are in to, to boost it up that much. Um, guys, I want to ask you this about Bryson DeChambeau. Now, this is the first time we'll see him back stroke play. Um, what are you guys looking for about Bryson before we get to Augusta? What are you guys looking for? What would be a positive week for Bryson heading into the Masters? Uh, man, a positive week? I, I think top 30 probably, and he feels good physically all week. If he feels good physically, top 30s, then he gets over to the little par 67 track down in Georgia, <laughs> and uh, we'll see what he can do, Tyler. I, I'll i be honest with you guys. I don't think I don't think Bryson sniffs, sniffs the cut this week. I, I don't especially if the wind gets up at all. He's, his numbers and everything are going to be so off. He's not going to have any idea how, how far he's hitting the ball. And you have to hit the fairways out there. So unless he just tries to hit irons off the tees, and even then, he's not able to put the ball in play a lot of times. So I, I think best-case scenario would be for him to just make the cut and then start seeing a little bit of good form on the weekend to take into Augusta. Um, I'll be honest with you, I don't – like I said, I don't see him contending this week at all. And – and, and another good best-case scenario would be just to maybe show some good form but not make the cut so you're able able to rest and get ready for Augusta. So, yeah, not really high on Bryson this week. So, yeah, that's uh, 
but but it would be interesting, like you said, to see him go down and play that par sixty-seven down down in Georgia. Once again, I don't think that he has a, a good chance there either. Uh, one last thing that I wanted to bring up: Do you guys think that Tiger plays in the par three this week or next uh, week? No, me. nope. I think he skips the par three, plays with the big boys, Tyler. Uh, I'm leaning because I'm leaning towards more that he's going to play the the tournament. So I'm going to say no in the par three. But I will say that if for some reason he doesn't commit to the Masters, he will play in the par three. Okay. Yeah. I think yep. that's right. You agree, Sam? Yeah, I agree with T-Dub. Yeah, yep. yeah. I, I, I think yep. so, too. So, uh, I think we covered it all today. A lot of golf this week. Uh, a lot of golf. Gentlemen, you all will be on at Sports Animal Sunday morning from 10 to 11. 10 to 11. Mike. And 11, really, 10 to noon. Yeah. So, yeah, T-Dub will probably you'll, you'll, stay yep. on a little bit yeah, with us. Yep, and you'll be on with the Hunt Man from uh, Augusta National, where the drive, chip, and putt will be uh-huh. taking place. Now, my plan is to be back next week to do a Masters preview with you guys, and okay. we'll probably get Craig on as well from Augusta National. Uh, as far as the podcast goes, the Hunt Man will be on our Masters preview Tuesday, right? We'll probably do preview on Monday as well uh, for the Valero recap. Yeah, right? yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But on Tuesday, um, the Hump Man will join us as for, well. For the Big Masters for preview show. For the Big show. Masters preview yep. show. Big Masters preview show. For the podcast. Yes, yep. my, my plan is to be on that. Uh, I've never had a three-day-old before, so plans can change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll see how it works out, but my plan is to be around for that. Uh, gentlemen, y'all have fun on Sunday. We'll get back together next week. Yes, sir. All right, everybody enjoy the golf this week. Enjoy, enjoy seeing Augusta National, and thanks for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.